Hey everyone, welcome to episode 149, Merging the Blueprints. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to listen. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. So you all have loved the Blueprint Talk and I love analogies. So I'm so thankful that it resonated because that's one of those episodes that I had kind of rolling around in my head for so many weeks and months, if not years, and to finally execute it. And the first time I recorded, I was almost finished. I'm like, okay, I I feel good about how this all was presented. And then I got an error message on my computer that said, audio interface, not exchanging or something along those lines. I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, is this a sign that I shouldn't be talking about this? But I pressed record again and did it again. So I think the second time it was even more meaningful because I had already said and gotten out kind of the kinks. And so I'm so glad it resonated. And so now we talked about your blueprint growing up, which you had no say in whatsoever. It's literally where you were born, the four walls you grew up in, and all of the messaging and all the conditioning and all the brainwashing, positive and negative, your whole belief system, how you talk to yourself, how they talk to you, turned into your inner voice, and so on and so forth. You don't realize that that's even happening because you don't question anything. That's all you know. You don't know any different. So because you don't know any different, you don't know any different. I know that's repeating the question. When when I met David, it was on AOL when we were like chatting on instant message and you had to put like your motto underneath your screen name. And mine was live, love, laugh, of course. My mom brainwashed me into thinking that sign was literally all over our house. It still is to this day. And it's all over our house too. And so mine was live, love, laugh. Like that just encompasses everything, right? His was, you ready for this? Which I still make fun of. Nothing from nothing creates nothing. What? I'm like, I have no idea what that even means. He's like, are you serious? That's awesome. And I'm like, well, explain it. He's like, nothing from nothing leaves you with nothing. I don't even understand. So anyway, I know I sound like his motto when I say, you didn't know any better because you didn't know any better. And then you grow up and you don't know any better and you don't know any different. And then you have your own kids. And then you're like, doing what was done to you because that's all you know. And then there's part of it, you're like, wait a minute, this doesn't feel right to put Tabasco sauce underneath their tongue when they're lying or to spank them or to yell at them or to shame them or to name call them. Your heart starts to speak up like, this doesn't feel right. This is why we're not sleeping. This is why we sleep with mommy guilt. This is why we sleep with daddy guilt. Because your heart is like, wait a minute, that didn't feel good to me when I was doing it. So why am I doing it again? This It's crazy making. And then your brain's like, well, this is what we've always known. This is what we do. This is, we don't want to step out of our comfort zone. What are you going to do instead? This is the way your parents did it. You turned out okay. And it just starts this ping pong and that exhaustion between the heart and the head. It's just like watching a tennis match. Because when we're in our rational falling asleep mind, that's when all the guilt resonates and all the guilt comes up. 
like, wait a minute, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a different way. So that's why this podcast is so helpful for me and for you is because it gives you other strategies to learn for the first time or sometimes repeating like, oh, okay, my parents didn't do that, but I had a really powerful coach who did that. Or I have a grandfather or a grandmother or a teacher that did that and made me feel that certain way that I want to repeat that. And so it kind of reminds your brain of like, oh, there is a different way. Oh, kids remember how they made you feel, not what you told them. So you kind of look at it from your big boy and big girl eyes now that you're a grown up, and you're like, well, now I'm creating my own blueprint and I get say in this. And the brain always goes to default because that's what we've always known. And if you spend any time with your parents and some of their strategies that they used are not something that you're repeating, they might feel threatened by that. Because you're stepping out of your comfort zone, so that means they need to also, and that rocks the boat, and they don't like that. So they're wondering why you're questioning the dynamics of how you were raised. Because if you are questioning that, because our brain is all or nothing, they might go to the all or nothing thinking, I wasn't good enough. I wasn't a good parent. Because they don't want you to critically think. They don't want to think that they did a bad job. So when you change the strategies that you're using and you're not doing Tabasco sauce or spanking or yelling, just some traditional things that I'm thinking off the top of my head, it could be something different. When you're not doing that, then it's kind of like, wait a minute, you're questioning the patriarchy? You're questioning the way we did things? You're questioning our dynamics? That doesn't make any sense to me. It's almost like you're dishonoring the family unit and they might not say it outwardly, but you might be thinking that internally, that you might have some type of honor or some type of loyalty to repeat how you have been treated unconsciously, of course, because it's a way to show your loyalty or the way to show your honor, or it's because your brain doesn't know anything different and it's too scary to step outside your comfort zone. So then you're stuck in this schism between like a no man's land. Like if you ever play tennis, there's a spot in the tennis court that you shouldn't ever be in. My mom taught me how to play tennis and she's like, never go in no man's land. I'm like, where's no man's land? It's not up at the net where you're hitting and acing the ball or whatever it's called when it comes over the net and you slam it. It's not that. It's not back at the baseline. It's in between. Because if you stand there, the ball is going to naturally go in that area. And that's a hard ball to hit because you're getting it just as it's about to hit the ground. So I don't want you to look back at your childhood with an all or nothing thinking. I want you to go back and look at it with your grown-up eyes and realize that that was the blueprint that you were taught. And you get to keep the parts that you like, discard the parts that you don't like, and replace it with something else. And realize that you've spent decades thinking and feeling a certain way and doing things a certain way because that's all you've known. And so then when you wake up to like, wait a minute, I get to change the trajectory of my life and break cycles of abuse if there was abuse in your past. And then when we go to find those replacement behaviors, maybe it was never taught to us. So then we blame the kids that they would just do X, Y, Z, then I wouldn't act in this way. And so I heard something from Therapy Jeff on Instagram. If you're not following him, he's fabulous. He can fit so much into a sentence and into much like a 10 second clip that I'm like literally about to drop the phone. So he captures this in such a beautiful way that there's no way I could have said it better. So I'm going to play it for you here. The point of finding a partner who's a good, healthy match isn't so you can enjoy a carefree partnership that doesn't trigger your relationship issues, no. The point is to find someone you feel safe enough being triggered by so you can do the hard work of breaking unhealthy relationship patterns and facing your demons with someone who deeply loves and cares about you. Can we just have a moment of silence for what he just said? And there's no one safer than our kids because they're just innocent vessels. They're just innocent children from God that just are here and they're just being kids. And the reason why we're being triggered has nothing to do with them. That's the best part. We get to work out a lot of the stuff separate from them and not through them. And when we realize that, 
you can kind of parent them in a way that you needed or you remember that that coach made you feel or that teacher or that parent or that grandparent or that after-school counselor, whoever that person is that made you feel that way. It might've been a sibling who was acting as the mom role because your mom wasn't there or was working 100 hours a day. And then you can kind of see your childhood with your grown-up eyes and create a blueprint for love within your four walls that you want your kids to recreate, that you would be proud for them to recreate. Not from a place of you should do this this way, kids. It's you model and embody it for them. So then that's all they do naturally. Even if they were to go into their future relationships with an unconscious mind, they're going to be okay because they're going to be drawn towards love, towards acceptance, towards kindness, towards calmness. They're going to be drawn towards peace because they came from a calm and peaceful childhood. But if they come from chaos and dysfunction and lots of yelling and lots of screaming and lots of hitting, then that's what they're going to be drawn to in their young adult and adult relationships. And then they're going to recreate that with their kids. If you came from a lot of dysfunction, a lot of yelling, a lot of screaming, a lot of just chaos, then your brain gets wired and your nervous system gets attached to that where it thinks that that is normal and that's what we should seek out. So calm and peace and quiet voices is very, very triggering and a different kind of triggering. But when you realize that you're in this vacillating between your heart and your head, you get to choose with consciousness. And then you also get to see your parents or your step-parents or your ex-husband or your ex-wife or whoever that person is or infertility, whatever it is that's coming up for you with all your triggers, where the not good enough comes from, or it might be coming from internally that no one actually put it there, but you put it there for wanting to get straight A's for whatever reason or wanting to be valedictorian and knowing that that was the only path. It doesn't always come from our parental figures. It can come from a toxic relationship you had in high school. But when you get to the root of where that voice is coming from, of the not good enoughness, you can see that person or that trauma or that situation and not end up re-victimizing ourselves over and over and over, but seeing with our grown-up eyes and not wanting to victimize our children as well and having them carry the burden of our not good enoughness for wherever that came from. And if it came from your parents, you can kind of see your parents in a new light of just being humans who were unconscious and they were repeating the cycles and they were repeating the trauma that they learned. And when you understand that, it doesn't make it okay that if you were abused or not treated well. It doesn't let them off the hook but it lets you off the hook to realize that it had nothing to do with you. And in this situation, you have a choice to recreate it or change the trajectory of the next generation and the one after that and the one after that. And when we talked about last week, how much your parents were winging it, how much my parents were winging it, how much they were just figuring it out as they go, it's kind of like flying the plane as they're building it. Think about how immature you were at the age that they had you. Think about how much they were winging it. And also think about how hard it is to be a parent and the responsibilities that you never knew when you were a kid and all the factors that are playing on behind the scenes that are going on backstage. Because when we were kids, all we saw was it was all about us and all about am I good enough? And we looked to our parents and we looked to our caregivers to reinforce that. If they didn't have that themselves, they couldn't give it to you or they couldn't give it to us. Because all we saw was what was on stage. We were sitting in the audience and just saying, feed me worthiness, feed me goodness, feed me good enoughness. And if they didn't have it backstage to pull from, there's no way possible that they could have given it to you. And now as a grown-up, you see all the stuff going on behind the scenes and you're like, whoa, that was quite the production they put on. I saw my childhood for what I saw on stage, but I didn't know all the stuff that was going on backstage. Are you kidding me? That's craziness. 
And now we're the grown up. One of my kids are like, I'll hear them in the other room. Oh, let me go ask my mom. I hope she says yes. And I'm like, what? I'm like, oh, wait, that's me. And I hear the little, the feet coming towards me. I'm like, oh, geez, I hope I say yes too. I don't know what they're going to ask, but I'm the mom. I forget that I'm the mom. I'm the one that's creating the stage and they're in the audience and they don't know all that's going on backstage, but they don't have to because then when they're a grown up, they're going to go up on their stage and their kids will be in the audience, sitting in the seats, watching. Just look at the way your kids look at you. They want your affirmation. They want to know that they've been seen, that they've been heard, that they're valued, that they're loved for just being themselves, for just existing, for just breathing air not for anything that they do or attain. And they have to be reminded about that over and over and over and over, that your love is unconditional. It's not a light switch. And then they can settle into that love. And in that process is where they're building their wings because after 940 Saturdays, they're gonna be grown and flown. And we want those wings to be filled with love and calmness and kindness and all the things that we want them to go recreate when they create their own four walls and so on and so forth. So just know that you have two chances at the parent-child relationship. The first one, you had no say in the matter. Now that you're a grown-up, you get to see it with your big adult eyes. And then you get to take the parts you liked, discard the parts you didn't, and create your own blueprint to merge the two and create your own blueprint for love within your four walls. Merging it is the hardest work you'll ever do in your lifetime, but it's also the most meaningful and most powerful because it's the gift that keeps on giving for generations and generations. I love you guys and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.